Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 57, The Ant-Man and the Wasp Review. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the Hyper Sonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. So, how you doing? Good, bad, and different? I'm okay. We're currently in the middle of film, summer film season, basically, and um, yeah, it's been alright. Um, so far, the films that we've gotten have been, you know, pretty decent. Uh, I feel like uh, when I get around to doing my uh, summer movie roundup, which I definitely will be doing when we get to like say the end of August slash like mid-September, I'll be talking about these films in full and I feel like this summer is sort of similar to um, the summer of 2015 in the sense that there have definitely been some high points in terms of like you know some good quality fun stuff in the cinema over the summer but overall it's just been a case of having you know some pretty decent stuff just not anything like overly amazing just a handful of really good things but you know overall it's just been good nothing like mind-blowing you know so uh yeah well i'll you know get more into that when we get to the summer film discussion towards the end of like uh august slash september so yeah but we're not here to talk about the future we're here to talk about the here and now and as you heard from the introduction of this episode at man and the wasp baby finally as a UK citizen, I finally get to talk about this film. This film's been out in America for ages, and I know that they're going like, ha ha ha, you finally got a film late, but here's the thing. Being in the UK, we've only ever gotten these films like a week before they do. Two to three at most. I think the most amount of time between the US and the UK releases is when we got Age of Ultron, which I think was almost a month before they were, before they got it, and that was, that was insane. I don't know what the hell was going on with that, but still... So, um, yeah, now I get to talk about this film. Obviously, no spoilers, because, you know, unless we're doing a spoiler-based episode, I'll bloody put it in the title otherwise. Spoiler-free talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. But before we get into all that, just a bit of uh, background about my history with, you know, Ant-Man as a character. I never read the comics. I was never really overly interested in the character. I first came across the character, um, you know, in terms of my knowledge about him in... Uh, the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon from like, you know, is it the uh, late 2000s where Hank Pym in that show was pretty cool and seeing his sort of dynamic with uh, Janet Van Dyne in there and like, you know, and how they became their whole like Ant-Man and, you know, Wasp combo in that show was pretty cool. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is all right. And obviously in learning about Ant-Man eventually being made in the MCU, I got most of my knowledge from that, then did some know research into certain comics and stuff so i know i knew a fair amount about ant-man you know beforehand but not nearly as much as say like you know say the x-men fantastic four spidey so when ant-man came out in 2015 i thought it was probably going to be you know the lesser of the marvel films when compared to avengers number two because age of ultron i was so hyped for that film i ended up seeing it, i think maybe two or three times maybe f yeah three times i think i saw that film that year and in the end, I thought the film was really good. It had some really good high points, but it was not nearly as great as I was hoping. But Ant-Man was such a wonderful surprise back in 2015. 
Peyton Reed, like, you know, as everyone was unsure about his uh, quality as a filmmaker, you know, to take on this project, but he did a really good job of implementing, you know, just a fair amount of humor, but also keeping this sort of heist element intact. There was such a sense of fun comedy action. It was all blended well together. The cast were really solid. And, um, you know, I feel like that was one of the funniest experiences I had in a Marvel film. Just watching that with my sister. It was a great time. So uh, with the sequel, I was really, I had really high hopes because I was thinking, okay, there were certain shortcomings with some of the, you know, elements when it came to the villain and some of the characterization of, uh, say, well, some of the ways that the certain characters were handled, mainly like, um, you know, Hope and the way that, you know, th th we're not going to get into that whole thing because you can look up many sites where nerds debated, like, you know, is it the use of uh, Hope Van Dyne in, like, you know, the previous film, but anyway... With there being, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, you got to see that whole new dynamic. There was a whole new villain. The trailers looked fun. And everyone was curious, though. I mean, because the thing is, after the expected slash unexpected success of Black Panther and the mind-numbingly incredible experience that was, you know, Avengers Infinity War, everyone sort of just looked towards Ant-Man and the Wasp and was just thinking, well, what's this film got to bring to the table? Uh, a light-hearted, happy-go-lucky fun film, which we don't know exactly where it takes place in the Marvel Cinematic like timeline. Uh, you know, everyone was starting to doubt this film a little bit and just thought, oh yeah, well, you know, no one really cares about that. Black Panther, you know, everyone was like, you know, Wakanda forever, and everyone after seeing Infinity War was just like, oh my god, that was just like the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Thanos, you know, people dying left, right, and center, like, you know, emotions, emotions, that kind of thing, so... It was, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp had its, like, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It had its work cut out for it, that's what I'm trying to say. And I didn't look up any reviews when the film came out in America. I literally just stayed as far away from any form of opinions about the film until I saw it. And now that I've seen it, I'm ready to pass judgment. So as per usual, in these kind of things, we'll be talking about the story, characters, presentation, and then the conclusion at the end. So without further ado, let's jump in. Taking place after the events of obviously the first Ant-Man but also Captain America Civil War, Scott Lang is now on house arrest and can only hang around with his daughter trying to entertain her while he waits for his ankle bracelet to be removed so he can rejoin society. And because of Scott's actions in Captain America Civil War it also means that Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne are on the run from the FBI because they are associates of Scott Lang because of the technology and all that kind of stuff. But in that time, they have been in hiding. They have also worked on a machine that could potentially find Hank's wife and Hope's mother, Janet, in the quantum realm. And they basically need Scott's information from being in the quantum realm and another machine component in order to make the thing work, jump into the quantum realm and then fish her out. And so it becomes a race against time in order to go about and build the machine and find Janet in the quantum realm while also trying to avoid the FBI and some bad guys, including the new main enemy known as Ghost, this sort of weird phasing in and out of reality person because of her unstable molecules. And uh, she has her own reasons for, you know, wanting to involve herself with Hank Pym, you know, trying to get some revenge and having some ties to his past, that kind of thing. So that is the, you know, summary of the plot without going too deep into the area spoilers. I thought the plot for Ant-Man and the Wasp was pretty good. It continues a lot of the themes from the previous film about family, sticking together, being true to yourself, trying to balance life as a superhero, but also as a parent, having, you know, your past come back to haunt you again. 
and it has that same sense of fun and adventure and humor that came with the last film but also has a little bit more nuance in terms of the uh, character development and you know connections between the people so there's a little bit more drama and emotion going on and for the most part it all works pretty well overall I think I like the first film more just because of the simplicity of the plot and the more heist based nature of it and just seeing how an ex-con tried to get out into the world and do the right thing but ended up doing the wrong thing but for a good cause I thought that was fun. With this film, there's definitely a lot more going on. It definitely jumps more into the comic booky area, you know, especially with this whole quantum entanglement and the quantum realm. And there's a lot of talk of quantum in the film, which the film does bring up hilariously at certain points. And the humor's pretty good. Although, once again, I feel like the humor in the first film was a little better just because it was a little bit more unique. There's certain things that they call back to in this film. That is used to good effect, but I feel like it's just not the same the second time round. And the film smartly has a few points where it zigs where you expect it to zag. There are a lot of story elements here that if you know any comic book movies or, you know, sort of thriller-based elements, you know what's coming. So there's certain elements that come into play where you can predict where the story is going, but... Ant-Man and the Wasp does things in certain ways where they sort of swerve at just a certain moment where you're like, oh, I didn't expect them to do that. So even though certain things play out in a, you know, generic slash predictable manner, there is still some surprises here and there, which is pretty good. Um, overall, I just thought the film was fun. It moves at a pretty decent pace. This film does a good job of, you know, just being a nice sort of palate cleanser after the sort of dramatic magnitude of like, you know, uh, Infinity War. And it ties nicely into the uh, MCU as well. So stick around for those post-credits. Although, in my opinion, just stick around for the first one. The second one is completely superfluous. You, you don't need it. It's probably the most pointless one that we've had since Thor The Dark World. You don't need to stick around for the second one. But yeah, overall, plot's pretty good. Alright, now it's time to talk about the characters. And I feel like everybody did a pretty good job. Everyone served their purpose pretty well. The returning cast all did their jobs. And all found ways to, you know, advance beyond the first film. Some having a little bit more depth than before. And some it was just fun just to see them back on screen again. So, without further ado, we're going to jump in with Paul Rudd as Scott Lang slash Ant-Man. Paul Rudd is still great. He has just a great sense of comedic timing, he's so charming and fun, and as opposed to like a lot of the other superheroes in the MCU, he's just a regular guy. He sort of finds himself in these larger-than-life situations, and all he really wants to do is just be a good dad, but also realizes that when Dewey calls, he has to jump in and do the right thing. And he has a lot of really fun moments. He does some unexpected things in this film that I just didn't expect to see, but it was really fun to see him, you know, interact with so many of the other cast members. He has such great, like, uh, chemistry with all the people involved, and I thought he was just good. Evangeline Lilly essentially steals the film away from him and everybody else as Hope, aka Wasp. In the last film, we all saw that Hope was clearly the more capable individual out of Scott and her. She knew how to control the ants better, she had the combat training, she had the confidence, she was pretty much the whole package. The only reason she couldn't go out is because Hank feared that he would lose his daughter in like, you know, was it a dangerous situation, like he lost his wife, so it was just like, nah man, just train Scott, he's expendable, it's fine. But 
obviously at the end of the last film we found out that you know Hank was building a new costume for Hope and here we are with the results and Hope is a friggin badass she's so cool we get to see what a proper hardcore person will be able to do in a fight based situation and she has some of the coolest most elaborate fight sequences in the film I love how confident and great she is at her job and it's interesting to see her like interact with uh, Scott again after so much time you can see that their relationship is obviously strained not only because of what Scott did but also because he left her so you can see that there is still something going on between those two it's just that you know it's a little strained at the moment due to their current situation and everything that happened during Civil War but uh, Evangeline Lilly is just wonderful she is so great she's so wonderful and beautiful and has great moments not only with Paul Rudd but also with Michael Douglas as well and uh, speaking of him let's jump into Michael Douglas as Hank Pym I really like him I thought he was really good in the first film but it was great to see him in this film as well he brings that sort of old man gravitas that is necessary for this kind of film he's very strict no nonsense mainly about the work he cares greatly for his daughter and his wife and only shows Scott respect in very limited amounts so yeah they run into like some sort of awkward conversations but there are also some really funny moments between him and Paul Rudd just their quick exchanges great wonderful stuff also we have Michael Peña returning once again as Luis and oh my god this guy is still great this man I don't know he's so absurd he's so strange he has that strange happy-go-lucky look on his face where he kind of looks a little demented or you know just a little bit of like you know, I don't know a simpleton but oh he has such great timing he is still the funniest person in the film I feel like his moments weren't nearly as funny as the last film but I think that's just because the writing in the last film was I think just a little better and also it was the first time seeing him do the whole like long monologue kind of things and he has one in this film as well which is really good but I, will, I won't tell you where that comes in but suffice to say the guy is really great still stupidly funny uh, Walton Goggins as Sonny Birch was pretty good also we get to see the return of T.I. and David Dalsmatchin at least I think that's how you say his name as uh, Dave and Kurt you know Scott Lang's like you know it was the other buddies that work with Michael Pena at that uh, sort of organization that they're trying to work out and those guys have great comedic timing as usual they're just there for comic relief but they have some really great moments in this film especially David that one part with Kurt he has this one really great moment which I won't spoil but oh bloody brilliant really good stuff and also just seeing the return of Bobby Cannavale and Judy Greer as Jim Paxson and Maggie those guys were good they're there in a small capacity but they definitely like you know was it when they're on screen they definitely leave an impression and I have to show some love to the return of Cassie played by Abby Ryder Forston in Ant-Man she was one of my favorite characters just because she was this wonderful child actress that had such a wonderful sense of joy energy charisma charm and just she was delightful she just she was adorable so nice and in this film she's clearly grown up a little bit but she still has that cute factor you can see that she's mature she's a little bit more perceptive smart and um, 
I love her chemistry with Paul Rudd. You can tell that they have like, you know, just a great sense of like, you know, is it back and forth and you believe their relationship so much. And um, now time to talk about, I guess, the uh, newer characters. Hannah John Kamen as Ava, aka Ghost. She was pretty cool. I thought that her character was interesting in terms of the, you know, unfortunate condition that she has, but it led to some pretty cool fight sequences. And I enjoyed learning about her character overall. I just felt that as a villain, she was decent, but I probably won't remember her very much beyond the sort of, I guess, powers that she has. Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne was pretty good. I really enjoyed, like, you know, was it what Pfeiffer brought to this film? It was exactly what I'd hoped for. I'm not going to get into too many details, but she was used effectively, though not in as much of the film as I'd expected. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster, he was pretty good. He has some great moments in the film in terms of his uh, interaction with uh, Hank Pym. Learning about their history and why they are, how they are with each other was pretty good. And uh, Fishburne was good. He was just pretty solid in the role. And overall, the cast was just really solid. Some good stuff. Alright, and now it's time to talk about that presentation. And for the most part, it was good, though not as good as I'd hoped. From a visual standpoint, the film's pretty good. Clearly, the filmmakers have learnt from the previous Ant-Man film and probably seeing what Ant-Man was capable of in Captain America Civil War. They were able to take that and build upon that to create some really good visual effects and fight sequences. I feel like the fight sequences in this film were miles better than the previous one, mainly due to Wasp being brought into the game. We saw how good she was in combat when she was training Scott in the previous film, but now we get to see her let loose with the Wasp abilities and seeing her, the way in which she's able to transform forward and backwards, you know, turning small and big and being able to do all these crazy punches, kicks, flips and being able to be smart about the way in which she uses her environment, certain items around her, or being able to jump in and out of vehicles, small and big, perfection. She is one hell of a badass fighter, and it was just great to see her go. There is one sequence in particular when you get to see the Wasp in action for the first time, and it is brilliant. You're just like, that is some good stuff. But that's not to say that Ant-Man doesn't have his moments of shine in the film as well. As Giant Man, he gets to have a lot of these really interesting moments. And also as Ant-Man as well, he has these fun moments as well. And because of the nature of the technology that's implemented into the cars, we get to see some of the vehicles and buildings shrink and grow. And they're used to some comedic and action-based effects. So there's some really good stuff. The visual effects are pretty solid, especially when you get to go back to the quantum realm or see ghosts in action, seeing her phasing in and out of reality because of the unstable molecules. That's some cool stuff. The action is pretty good and the visual effects, especially in the quantum realm, some of that stuff just looks as good and trippy as it did in the first film. However, I feel like the first film placed a bigger emphasis on scale and um, the whole use of slow motion in terms of like showing how much difference there was in terms of movement in the small world as opposed to the big world. There wasn't as much as that, it just didn't feel as colossal and large in scope as it did in the first film and I guess I just hope for something a little bit slower because I guess the technology has moved on so they've been able to you know uh, grow and shrink in a quicker manner but yeah I kind of missed the way in which the small world was depicted in the first film with a little bit more slow motion and a bigger emphasis on scale but yeah that's a nitpick if anything. 
Another thing that was good about the film was the film score. Once again, Christoph Beck is back to go about and do the film score. And for the most part, he creates a film score that builds upon the first one, but takes it in a different direction in terms of the style of music. The main Ant-Man theme is definitely in the film, but is dispersed in different points over the course of the film. There are definitely some highlights in the film in terms of when Wasp jumps into screen for the first time and does her action sequence, that music is pretty damn cool. And there's a chase sequence towards, like, I think, was it the uh, final act of the film? And it involves a game of, like, I guess, like, uh, Keep Away in Cars. And that chase sequence has some pretty hardcore music. Um, it's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more, I guess, electronic and possibly rock-based. You see, I'm no good at describing genres of music, but let's just say that it's not just the more, I guess, bombastic jazz-slash-orchestrated sound of the previous film. They build upon it and change a few things up with the genre. And... Some of the changes are good, but I feel like this film missed an opportunity to properly implement the Ant-Man theme song that was used in the uh, mid credit sequence in the first film. That theme song is pretty good, and if you've heard my uh, podcast episode, which I think was episode 36 about superhero theme songs, I've always championed the fact that Ant-Man had a good theme song, one of the most underrated ones. It's really cool, really bombastic and fun, and this film puts it to use partially but not in the same way and I feel like after seeing what Black Panther and Infinity War did with their theme songs being properly implemented into the film it was kind of a shame to see like uh, Ant-Man not make full use of its theme song and not have as memorable of a film score overall than I'd hoped but that's not to say that the film score is bad by any means it's pretty good and it has some really solid moments for the more emotional or action-packed sequences it just didn't reach the heights that it could have in my opinion. So, to conclude, what did I think of Ant-Man and Wasp? I thought it was a pretty good film. Overall, I think it's a good film, but not a great film. It's kind of hard for me to describe what this film would have to do in order to, you know, is it super wow me? But, um, yeah, I think there were certain elements about the first film that I liked more so than this one. But I also feel like this film did a good few things better than the last one. So they sort of balance each other out in the sense that they're both pretty good movies that have their own individual elements that make them special, you know? I reckon you'll have some fun with this one. I'm definitely curious to see how the events of this film sort of fit into Avengers number 4 when we eventually get around to that. But yeah, if you've seen the film, let me know what you think about Ant-Man and the Wasp in the comment section below. I know a lot of people prefer this one to the first film. I sort of still like the first one. But I like this one a lot as well, so I sort of, like I said before, think that they're both good for different reasons. But yeah, whatever your thoughts are, drop them in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at the Hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus 55 or via the email thehypersonic 555 at gmail.com. And yeah, that'll do it for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always. This episode was a little bit more loose than usual, but um, yeah, I have a lot of stuff to do, so I just had to get this review out as quickly as possible while still trying to summarize my thoughts. So yeah, hopefully it was of some use to you. So until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.